Welcome everybody to another edition of the podcast. It's episode 16. It's May 12, 2020. And uh, you can't tell by the music already. This is going to be the weed episode. Uh, bringing in my buddy Muncie and uh, old Diggs. So without any further ado, let's get right into it. Talk about that shit. Here we go. Yo, yo. I got five on it. I bet you do. You got that $600 relief deal, motherfuckers. <laughs> oh, I brought us in with little uh, loonies. Got five on it. And I uh, figured that'd be appropriate for this edition of the show. I wish this great song. Yeah, I wish this was a show like number four twenty or something like that. That'd be perfect. What? what, what you would what? I said I wish this was show number four twenty, but um, it's going to be the weed episode regardless, number sixteen. And uh, not only this is going to be the weed episode. Yeah. Oh, I'm so happy I got prepared. You don't remember that from the last show? Oh, no, I remember it. I just like to be told it again because I, I, I smoked some, I ate some, I got a full, full belly, I'm drinking some Dr. Pepper, and I'm going to have a couple of snacks while we do this Perfect. episode. Perfect. So you can tell us the effects and uh, how you feel. I'm supr- it shocks me that you forgot already, but uh, maybe since it's the weed episode, I'm not so surprised. It's the weed. It's the weed. It's the dabs. It's the dabs. Don't fake the funk. It's two and two. I'm with you. <laughs> and now he's rapping and shit. I love it. So, question for you, my friend. Yo. When was the first time you ever smoked weed? In my 30s. In your 30s? Oh, yeah. I didn't know. I thought it was a gateway drug. But you already so did. I didn't smoke it. No, I didn't smoke any pot, and then I did cocaine, and then I realized pot is not a gateway drug because I did cocaine first. We have talked about this before. So in your 30s, do, yeah. you, do you remember when in your 30s? Like 30, 31, 32? It was with my buddy named Stoney. <laughs> Stoney, and, Stoney and Hairball. Remember Stoney and Hairball? How appropriate. We would play, uh, we would play uh, Lake Spenaway Golf Course every Tuesday for Pruitt's uh, uh, Tuesday game. I think it went to high school with Hairball. What? I think it went to high school with Hairball. You might have. Pretty sure he went to Bethel. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. He was a little younger than me and Stoney. Yeah, he's a little older than me. So. But, uh, those are a couple, but, uh, those are a couple uh, characters we should we should bring on. Oh, Hairball would be fantastic. Hairball would be great. I was going to tell you a story with me and Hairball and Stoney over at uh Your first at, your first at, uh, your first time. Danny? Your first time. My first time what? Smoking weed. Did you already forget? Uh no. This this was this was in my first month 
of smoking weed. Because you got to remember the first time you smoke, no, the first time you smoke weed, it's sometimes it's not that good. Like, especially dabs, the first time you smoke dabs, it's not a good, you know. It's not a fun, it's you, not a fun you, experience. <laughs> no, but I, I, I think when you get into any of these type of chemicals, when once you know what to expect, you enjoy it better. Yeah, it's it's like riding a bike or surfing. You just got to figure out how to ride that. Well, wave. Once once you get the training, once you don't need the training wheels anymore, you're like, Woo-hoo. yeah, you don't need the float. You, know? you don't need the floaties anymore. You're good. No, so this is my thing. Uh, I was playing the Tuesday game with Stony and Hairball, and this is the first month I smoked pot, and we also did Cabenzies. So pot was a gateway drug to Cabenzies. I I will admit that. What are, the, what are Cabenzies? Oh, mushrooms. They're, they're mushrooms. They're hallucinogens. We went to uh, uh, Scoon the Poon. Remember the Schooner? Oh, yeah. The Schooner, we went to the, the Schooner, schooner, the schooner and doesn't we're, exist we're playing, anymore, right? What? The Schooner doesn't exist anymore, I don't believe. I think it closed down. No, you're no, you're right. You're it, right. It was yeah, was, classic, that was one of the best places. Classic place. Remember it had all that bold memorabilia and shit? I just remember I had two pool tables. They do karaoke there, and sometimes a lot of people would show up. Do you remember going through it? And felt like you were on a pirate ship. Kind of did feel like a pirate ship. Felt like yeah, hell yeah. If you looked up, they had like a, a stern to, or not a stern, but a wheel, a captain wheel, and there was this guy out there in a rain gear and shit above the bar. It was, a, it was a great Not bottom. too many people notice that shit. I'd, uh, I'd have to say top, any, top 10 in the Tacoma area for sure. What's that? Top 10 in Tacoma for sure. So, oh, Skoon? Skoon the Poon. So Hairball, Hairball named it Skoon the Poon, and Stoney were playing at a, a Spanaway Tuesday. You know who shows up from UW? Big TK. Troy Kelly. GK shows up, and uh, this this is the first month I'm smoking pot, and we're in, I'm just nipping at it. I'm not really inhaling too much because I don't, you know. I mean, they're my friends, but maybe they're trying to. I don't know. And uh, they're just chiefing. Both Stony and Airball are chiefing, and they're laughing. So I finally take a big old hit, and we're on the backside. We're on ten, eleven, twelve. We're on thirteen. 12 and 13 intersect and Troy was right behind us. And, uh, we took the golf cart over to the, uh, tree line and, and Troy starts chiefing up on the, uh, cause he's a huge pot smoker. He starts chiefing up on the, uh, uh, bowl. And, uh, Stoney goes, Hey, how you doing? So you playing good? And he goes, Hey, I just got six birdies in a row. I'm going to see if I can keep it rolling. And we just looked at each other after he did that, and he just took a big old ball hit. And we're like, there's a different level for people that have competitive, you know. And he isn't even the best, but he's just like, I just got six birdies in a And we're playing from the back keys. Fuck. You know. If you don't golf, that's hard. Just for people to let them know, that shit's hard. Six well, birdies in a row? one of those things that's like... It, it, it's like people that you, it's like, he's a good friend. I wanted good success for him and stuff like that. But it's like, um, when you see people in other sports that go into sports and they 
do good, but they just aren't as good as you thought they would be from college, you know? Shit happens, I guess. I mean, that, that Different pro, levels. I'm just saying, well, I'm just saying that pro level is so pro. And then when you watch the last dance with Michael Jordan and you realize he is the goat of all time and you realize, hey, dude, you got to watch that. I know. I need to give it a fair shake. I haven't, I haven't watched all the way I've seen clips. But um, anyway, mm-hmm. anyway, so let's reel this in. We- We're talking about the first time you ever smoked weed. And how high did you get? Oh, I got so I got stupid high. It's like the first time I ever uh, uh, did mushrooms, or the first time I ever uh, smoked dabs. Describe it. Every Des- single time, des- I, des- every single it, time I've done any of those, the first time I drink alcohol, I got too drunk and puked everywhere. Are you saying? I that, mean, are you saying that weed, alcohol, dabs, and mushrooms are all the same high the first time? No, I'm saying that when you don't know what to expect and you mix something with something else, because it, for me, I, I ex- all of the first times I experienced doing something, I relate to the first time I ever had a marijuana cookies. Oh, God. Uh, we were at the house. We made butter, made butter, and we made these chocolate chip cookies. And it was me, Alex, and uh, Tom. Remember Tom? Sheldon? God, that name sounds familiar, but no, I don't remember. Sheldon, he played he played on the pool league with me and Joe and stuff, and Alex was playing on it. And we were just sitting there, and we, we were playing. It's like a Friday or Saturday night. It's just the three of us guys, nobody else in the house. And we had this butter that was, that me and Alex worked at, like turning it into butter. We'd churn this shit, and, you know, we got all the, you know, this is legit butter and we decided to make these cookies. So we boiled everything and then we, uh, baked it down and then we put it into the batter and we made chocolate chip cookies. And, uh, as soon as the cookies were done, Sheldon's like, Oh, give me one of those things. I'm, I'm, he, he's, a, he's a big boy too. And he just eats another one. I don't feel anything. And I, you know, I don't know that you're supposed to wait with edibles. So I have one. And then I have another, Alex has one, he has another, and then Sheldon has two more. So he's up to four, and me and Alex are at two each. Fast forward, me and Alex fast, are forward fast forward an hour later, tell me how you felt. Me and Alex were feeling great. We were just like <laughs> at a perfect high. Sheldon was up in my room in my bed. He's like, dude, I'm just going to sleep I just here. Need like, to, I, just need, I just need to go to bed. <laughs> oh, dude, he just wanted a pillow. He didn't even care if he had to sleep on the floor. He'd be like, "Just let it. I just, I can't move." Shit! I remember my first time. No, I mean, I yeah. was, I was, uh, I snuck out of my house. I was uh, obviously a younging, youngin, at my parents' house, and I had my own room, and I had a neighbor kid who was uh, the preacher's fucking son. He had two sisters. The older sister was a whore. She loved weed. And then the younger brother was in the weed game, too. He thought he was a little drug dealer. And uh, he tells me, he goes, just come over to my house uh, around 10, 10.30, and meet me in my backyard. I'm like, all right. So I roll over there, and we smoke probably some shit-ass weed out of a fucking toilet uh, toilet roll uh, toilet roll punched a hole in it with a little like 
uh, tin foil like bowl. And that's how I mm-hmm. smoked. That's how I smoked weed. And I remember he's like, are you high? And that's like, your first experience. Yeah. And he goes, he goes, are you high? And I'm like, I don't know. But I remember looking up at the sky thinking, thinking like, yeah, I'm a little high. And I, I, I found the stars very fascinating my very first time. No shit. Yeah, make it, I'm telling you, man. Like even then, so then I did. I eventually just quit completely, and I would smoke weed socially. Like if someone had it out, and they're like, "You want to hit?" I'd take it. But I would have to. I'd have to say that uh, I maybe smoked. I don't know. Not even a half a dozen times between my first at 15 or whatever age that was all the way up to, mm, I'd have to say probably like 26, 27 years old. I get so what you're saying is that you were, you, you were be, becoming a stoner at the age of uh, 16. Yeah, that was my first experience, but, um, and then I had some other experiences, you know, with that with my buddy too from the next door like we went and smoked weed I can't watch it yet we went smoking weed uh, you got another conversation going on over there what's that you, you talking to somebody else who are you talking to no I'm sorry I just uh, came down to check on the uh, my uh, lead chef I, I have a I, I have a lead chef in the house oh oh I had to make sure he was uh, all of his equipment was working properly so he can keep cooking me food in the clock down. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. So, oh, yeah. food's important when you're high. That's one thing that I noticed, especially later in my life when I started like actually really trying to ride that wave. And I remember, um, God, I, I moved to L.A. when I was like 27. And uh, I moved there because you could get a medical marijuana license. And I was all about yeah. that. Yeah. Oh, my God. I'm going to save that story uh, and some of this other weed smoking shit. Because Muncie comes into play, and we need to get him on the line. Would you not agree? Yeah, we've been, let, we're, we've been letting him hang for a little too long. He said he needed some time, and I don't believe that he stopped smoking weed. He says he says that he did, but we'll ask him about that. Oh no, no, I, I, I saw I saw him face to face. He's not smoking weed. He's just got he's dating older pussy. He still rolls at stoner speed. He's like my buddy Weston, who just fucking just roll, rolls at a pace that is not applicable to anybody. So let's get him on the line. And he's uh, a little quicker than Kenny. Ah, dude. Never again. I'm sorry. He killed himself. Have you listened to that podcast, by the way? Oh, yeah. I think it's one of her best. Okay. Well. I I do, because some, sometimes, some, some of the times when you just get your friends and one of them's fucked up, I mean, all of a sudden a story comes out, that you, or Pedro's so quiet that it makes the whole thing. I enjoyed it. I thought it was funny. I'll have to listen to it again and see if I change my six-month suspension. But here, let me get Muncie on the line. Hey. Holla, holla, holla. Do you know how hard it is to work? Holla, holla at you. Do you know how hard it is to work with Danny Brooks? 
cherry art. I, I've only done it a couple of times, but let me tell you, I don't know. So we were just discussing um, your first time smoking weed. When was the first time you smoked weed? Uh, you want to know who I was with? Or you want to know what kind of truck I was in? I just want to know. How old were you? How old were you and who were you with? So I was probably 14, 15. Okay. Well, the guy I was with was one of those kids that had a summer birthday. So he was older, had his license already. We went out and told each other we were staying at each other's houses. They told, told our parents we were staying at each other's houses. So we were out all night. Went out in his truck. Drove around Lakewood and acted like the hoodlums. Little, little drug, little little drug dealers you were? Little shake out of the pipe. Talk about white supremacy. But I remember being so baked and listening to Afro Man. And <laughs> yeah. Dude. Yeah. yeah. I started. You know, funny. Hey, Monty. The let, me, let me cut in here real quick. Monty. You remember when, uh, you remember when, uh, first time I did a dab, you brought the whole rig, everything in there and I go in there and I'm like, whoa, what the fuck are you guys doing? They're in the living room with a blowtorch on this fucking nail and they got this powdery substance and I'm like, I've done cocaine and stuff, but I've never done anything like, <laughs> I mean, this is totally illegal. <laughs> and they're like, no, this is dab. Yeah, dabs remember different. that much Yeah, I remember. So let's not jump. And then you guys Hold on, Danny. Let's not, it. Danny. Let's not jump into dabs yet. I'm, t- I'm asking him. I'm asking Muzzy about his first time smoking weed. Period. I want to hear this story. Oh, uh, well, we rolled around Lakewood. I remember we went to a friend's house who said he could get it. We got to his house, and it was a struggle of a lifetime to get it. His mom got it for us. His mom got it for you? And when she came, yeah, his mom got it for us. It wasn't like a friend of mine. It was a friend of his. But his mom kid? No, no. Or horrendous. Um, and it was one of those things where I remember thinking, like, you're a grown-ass adult, and this is the best you could get. She was trading anal for it. Oh, I'm, I'm sure. Um, what we got was a bag of something that could have been oregano. I mean, it was bad. It was all powdery, nasty. But that was, that was your first experience? Yep. And oregano. I remember getting baked. It was not oregano, but you know what I mean. It looked terrible. If you got baked, it wasn't fake. Right, exactly. No, but our tastes have totally changed nowadays. Back then, if somebody said, hey, can you get pot? You're like, yeah, I got some money. Can you get me pot? You're happy. They got you pot, you're pot. But, I mean, nowadays, we're so picky because we have such a selection. Well, I've been picky for a long time, Pards. I've, I've probably never, I think ever since I was about 16 years old, I've never settled for anything that wasn't decent-looking buds. I've always noticed every time we smoked a dab out of your rig back in the day when you'd bring it over the garage or the car or whatever, you always had a Q-tip and fucking just, you clean it all the time. Oh, yeah. It was oh, yeah, but like, that's, that's what so got like, me to that point was that, you know, I was buying better and better weed. And going out of my way to find the very best. And then you all had of a sudden, oh, yeah, well, you had even, before, even before I started getting into wax, I was I had a case for my pipe, and I had a pipe wrapped up in a in a towel, 
and I had a jar, and I had an extra lighter or two. I mean, I had I was ready to smoke, and I You're had a always little, ready. Like, soft lunch pail. Yeah, but so I mean, I, question, I was going out of my way. I was going out of my way to find the best of the best of the best, and I got to a point so, where even grinding up, uh, you know, a snapper bowl and a bong, it would taste like shit. And we were, I got to the point where we were lighting it with a hot, um, a hot glass rod. So we weren't even in, introducing any fuel to it. Like there was, you couldn't taste the lighter, you know, it wasn't like that. It was just that the taste of burning weed tasted like shit to me. I was telling Danny the first time I ever smoked weed was out of a fucking, uh, toilet roll paper with like a fucking, you know, little tin aluminum bowl, like in my friend's oh my backyard. God. That was the first time I ever smoked yeah. I remember smoking out of, trying to smoke on the lake, on Stillicum Lake. A buddy of mine had a boat, and we were like, "Well, we can take the boat out and get high." Oh, that would so have been we awesome! Took out, we took the boat out, and we took our little bag of, you know, maybe it was a gram of weed. We took it out, and we had a we, we didn't have a pipe, but we had a can, so we used a Red Bull can. <laughs> well, you don't realize how windy it is out on the lake. <laughs> oh yeah, it's flat. We did not get it on top of a can very well. Yeah, the butt blew right in the water. Most of it, I think, we wound up smoking about a third of it. Oh, so I mean, here's the thing: all of us have quite the experience with the um, marijuana. Uh, Danny, have I? I've got an experience growing it in a house. Uh, you were part of that. Uh, yeah, I remember, I remember the roommate that didn't like pot. He was like, I, he always blamed it on me. You smell like pot every time you walk through. Yeah, I blame it on you too. But, just but, throwing like eight plants or twelve plants down there. But Danny, the, I don't know if you know this, but everybody blames everything on you. Yeah, it's easy to do. So, so, that's, that's awesome. so in in spirit of this podcast, it is the pot podcast, practically, which we were going to do a couple of years ago, and someone bought that. Oh name. yeah, we're bringing this back, man. This we're, is going to be we're bringing it back, and uh, we're going to have a specialized episode every now and then on the on the. So, Spirit of marijuana, and uh, I just well, want to. I just want. Conversation are you gonna hold on? Are you gonna interrupt me, or are you gonna let me finish my thought here? <laughs> all I'm trying to say is, I want to have a pod episode every now and then, and I think we can all agree on that. But I think it'd be it'd be smart to give a little context of why it's us three doing this show because I wouldn't invite anybody else, honestly. Um, Muncie, uh, maybe a special guest, maybe a special guest, but, uh, I would always bring Muncie on. Uh, I just feel like you and I go back even professionally in the pot industry, but you had a deeper, uh, knowledge of it before. And then Diggler has always been in the, in the mix anyway. So like we can kind of all relate to the same era of how it evolved to be legal in Washington. I lived in California and got my license down there. That's a fucking story and a half. And, um, right. you know, like, I mean, the shit that you and I went through together, at the old pot factory, and then you've worked at retailers and. Well, before that, even, I mean, I, I was, I came home from college in 2010 when I first met Diggler. I remember and you went on a funny. big road trip too. Like... Oh yeah. My, my pot life has uh, taken some, I was just trying to establish where everybody was at with, uh, you know, their first time, but, uh, now I want to kind of dig into like 
Let's give a little history of the game and where we're at today. Who should go first? <laughs> no, I think where do we you, start? I, I honestly think that you go first. I brought you on specifically because you've got the most, I think, the most experience. You went to Massachusetts and did a medical deal, which was fucking it was, <laughs> there was no medical card involved no it's high, <laughs> highly suspect and super shady but um you've got some stories well, I, I think it's safe to, i think it's safe to declassify them and tell them today yeah yeah well i mean hey we can only protect the innocent for so long right well that was this was some, like what? some names have been changed to yeah. help protect the innocent yeah but. change the names but this happened like what 10 years ago at least Oh, yeah. Statute of limitations on an alleged weed grow. Get out of here. Um, on a podcast yeah, no, I, no one listens to. <laughs> Yet. When we first got to the point where weed wasn't tasting right and we started smoking dabs or wax, um, I started dabbing probably 2012, roughly. That's, um, that's early because I, I don't think dabs became a thing until like 16, 17, 15, 16, Yeah, I mean, 17. they weren't popular until about 15. Yeah. I think 2012 or so was when I started, like, only smoking wax. And it was one of those things where it did not take long for me to, um, from the time that I started looking for something better tasting than a bowl of weed, um, it did not take long before I was, you know, pretty probably pretty close to blowing myself up a couple of times. Yeah, a buddy of mine yeah. did blow himself up. And it was one of those things where I thought, you know, just not worth it right so we found somebody who was making it in for all intents and purposes a professional fashion um cutting edge machinery at the time um anybody knows what a tamisium extractor is right that was uh that was the top notch back then and we started finding my buddy adam started uh well he was extracting well before we met him and we went over to his house and never left. We started hanging out with him and learning how how to do it the right way and getting things clean. Just making oil. And, yeah, making oil. Butane extraction. So he started showing us his garden, and all of a sudden we all just kind of clicked. This was in Tacoma, two blocks from you guys' old place. Then uh, a year or so down the road, he moves out to Yelm. And we all get our hands in the garden a little bit, start working for him. And it's all just kind of craziness. And, to, you know, maybe a year after that, we're in Massachusetts. So Crazy. it did not take long. So you're out in Massachusetts. And um, how long were you there? Uh, I think we were there for maybe six months. And what was the Maybe wor- less. what was the working experience like? Oh, day to day. I mean, the first month or so was on the farm. We rented a house that was uh, it was a farmhouse. It was built in uh, 1792. The coolest house I've ever lived in. Um, it had a you know barn on the backside. Um, the, the property extended all the way up to the top of this mountain in the backyard. It was nice. pretty cool. Pretty cool. Um, so developing the property when we first got there, building the, the, the fence for, uh, for the goats and the chickens and all that 
all while, you know, a few hours a day cloning plants and taking care of some, some plants that have made the journey. Nice. So you're out there six months. Um, did you ever feel any pressure from like the local police that like, did you feel nervous at all well, about funny. You know, anything? we were out there with, uh, we got out there with a few, did it feel legal? You know, well, it was, it was all, it was all technically illegal. Um, nobody was medical out there. None of that. Uh, we got out there with probably a couple hundred plants that were not ready to grow. Yeah. I mean, they had, to, they would have had to sit in bed for a little while. So we couldn't just put them into flower and start growing. Um, we had to let them sit. So, you know, in the meantime, we were buying products from locals, and once they all figured out what we were doing, we hit we hit a little kickback there. Um, also, we finally got ourselves up and running to the point where we were ready to go into production. And about the time we hit, I think it was thirteen hundred plants in the ground in the basement of our bank that we had rented out. Damn. Um, it was an old bank and turned into a community center and we rented it. Um, as soon as we got the false wall put up downstairs and got all the plants in the ground, fire marshal comes knocking. Oh, shit. And we hightailed. Wait a minute. So did you have a legitimate business license? Is that why the fire marshal came Absolutely out? Absolutely not. So why did the fire space, marshal come out? As far as my understanding goes, the space was uh, deemed... Uh, like an essential, um, essentially clear space for like a state of emergency. People would gather there. So random. So randomly, one shelter. Randomly, one day the fire marshal decided to come out and foiled your shit. Well, we'd only been there for about a month. That's that sounds like that sounds like someone either called your shit out or something. There was some there, that sounds a little fishy to me because the fire marshal doesn't. Well, the fire marshal doesn't just come out to my own private residence and check the not basement. Not private you know residence I mean? though. You've never rented what used to be a bank as your private. Oh, residence. I see what you're saying. Okay, okay. <laughs> let, well, let me let me ask you because it had been a bank, a bomb shelter in the basement. Go ahead, Danny. What now? Go ahead, Danny. Are you? Do you think you might have got red flagged because your electric bill all of a sudden went up because you had a lot of hydroponics or something? I uh, could have, but I don't think so. Um, I think I think more than likely it would have been electricity that spiked to throw somebody off. That's, but, what, he, that's, what, he, that's been, what he's saying. Oh, like, electricity could have for, for all the lights because we were running 25,000 watts, but... Well, yeah, the fire marshal comes out. It makes sense. Maybe, but but the understanding that we were given was that because of the space and the way that it was zoned, um, that, he had to be there for. Come on, man, read through that shit. That's the reason. That's a bullshit reason to come out. I think that you were using too much electricity, and that's why you got busted. I think Danny's right on that. It could have been. It could have been. Either way, what what had to happen at that point is we had to pack everything into a moving truck and run. So tell me about that. So you leave and then you're, <laughs> you're coming back to where you're coming back to Washington. You're, so you're making a pit day stop one on somewhere. the road. 
we're, we were heading back to Washington. We had a uh, an investor of sorts that was going to help us get everything back to Washington, get everything plugged in, you know, for a portion of profits. They were going to front the moving bill, basically. And, uh, you know, day one on the road, I was supposed to ride with the guy who had the most experience driving in the biggest of the moving trucks because I'd never driven anything that big before. Uh, what kind of what, a, what kind of moving truck? What's the length we're talking about? Uh, forty foot, forty foot budget. Oh shit! So <laughs> that's the biggest thing you can drive without a CDL. I think I've driven like a twenty-two, maybe tops, and that was that's pretty large. Right. So I had a forty foot budget that had all of the weed, uh, all of the lights, all of the equipment we could muster into the truck. Um, the whole house, pretty much. Uh, we had a piano. I had a CBR 600, uh, a Arctic Cat quad, um, everything we could fit, basically, after we put all the plants in there that would make it a pain in the ass to move, to pull it out to check for anything, basically. Because um, we had 1,300 plants sitting in the back of the, or, you know, in the, in the back of the truck all the way up against the cab. So you don't want pulled over. Yeah. You get pulled over. You, you pray they don't start unloading stuff in any of those states. But, are fucked. Exactly. So, but I was supposed to learn how to drive this truck. And so I was in the truck with our neighbor in Massachusetts, who was a little squirrely kid that I didn't know, but he was coming down from, an opium addiction on the road. Oh, Jesus Christ. And we're talking, this is still like 2012, right? Or earlier. Right. Shit. Right. 2013, I think. So, and your, your, your roadie is tweaking out. And, and just, yeah. and just, for, and just for reference, um, I think it was two, December, 2013. Weed was actually technically legal in Washington. I remember it passing in Colorado and here, Meanwhile, it's yeah, two, it's 2012. Yeah, Meanwhile, it's 2012. So I, think, I think you're right, and I think this was 2014. Huh? 2014. You're still driving that through states where it's not legal. Exactly. Lots of states. It just passed here right before we left. Right. So I what, think you're right. Isn't that? That's that what I'm trying 2014 to say. was when we were there. 2014, I think, believe yeah. is when we started to have the stores, but I think 2013 when it was technically legal. So what I'm trying to paint the picture right. is is that it was super illegal, especially where you were. Everywhere else. And, and the road back. Thus, yes, and that's, that's the reason we went there, because there was money to be made. There was no more money to make in Washington. In Washington, everybody can just go to the store. Right. So... Where well, we just, were at. It was just beginning that I think medical was like a real strong thing here. Cause yes, but we could see the writing on the wall that there was no more room for what we were doing. I mean, medical here. was medical. Yeah, so. med- medical was pretty prevalent. There was a pretty much a medical store. No, but yeah. but, but, every but, but, knew it was being phased out. Pretty, recreational came in pretty quick. Yeah, but Danny, right. Dan, mean, Dan, we can tell medical was guys, being guys, out. guys, real quick, you don't re- think about that time. There was a medical fucking store on every corner, like every, I mean, not it, not like it is today with the recreational, but I would say right, but, 50%. But do you understand why there aren't any more? Yeah, because basically people were selling whatever they could grow to these people 
and it would technically that quote unquote quote, quote unquote that, be legislation illegal. has stopped that. So oh, legislation no. has stopped that and made the made their uh, a separate type of product. But from like somebody's from somebody's like, got to get speakerphone turned off. I don't know what Danny. That's got to be you, bro. There TV on. You hear me? Totally. Yeah, we can hear everything it's, in the background. We can hear you doing dishes. We can hear you doing whatever the fuck you're doing back there. Turn your mic off real quick, Danny. Better? No. No, hit mute. There he goes. Okay. He's going upstairs. We could tell that these medical stores were starting to close. Laws were changing about how they were going to be able to conduct business. And therefore, in Washington, we weren't going to be able to do what we were doing for long. Right. Basically, she was closing out. So we took off, ran into issues on the East Coast, and had to come home. Well, as I'm coming home, on day one on the road, as I'm just kind of watching him drive the big truck and learning about how to drive the big truck, the other two people in our convoy, the other two vehicles in our convoy get pulled over. Oh, shit. Now, not together, but one got pulled over for speeding. And they mentioned I was with somebody. Well, while they were pulled over... They're looking for another truck. uh, They knew to look for another truck as soon as they found the gun and the weed in the first one. Oh, fuck. Uh, in, and mind you, I said it was day one. We were in upstate New York. Oh, shit. So those cops don't mess around. Not so that they found. Time. Oh, by the way, by even the way, today, driver of vehicle number one was a felon. Listen, even today, weed. weed is still not legal in New York or just got passed recently, like this year, 2020. Right, right, right. I'm just trying to figure out how you got out of that because you had the tweaker in your rig, I heard. Yeah, yeah. So vehicle number one gets stopped. They find the weed in the gun. Vehicle number two gets pulled over because that was the vehicle that the original member did. You go get something to eat. Listen up. So the arresting officer didn't remember or put it together or report that the moving truck was a part of the convoy. So they pulled over the other pickup we were with, and that was it. So we ba- kept driving. So basically, you got lucky as fuck, but didn't you have some run-in in, like, Montana or Idaho or some bullshit? No. Uh, in Chicago <laughs> is when I realized the problems with my co-pilot. Oh, I see. And so from there, I had to drive. You had to figure it out. Montana was just crazy because there was driving that truck. It was loaded down like 19,000 pounds or something like that. It was ridiculously heavy. Driving that truck on those narrow highways was just insane. So let me ask you this. What would have been the risk if you said, you know, fuck this shit. I'm going to drive this. I mean, you went to University of Idaho, right? I mean, I'm sure you got some frat brothers that still live around that area. Hey, bro, I'm going to fucking bring a truck by. I'm going to unload half of the shit to you. And then all of a sudden, you drop the truck off and never be seen again. Uh, I probably would have died. Probably would have got killed. Yeah, it was kind of deep. You knew some people. So, I mean... It was definitely... 
you made it back. I remember. I remember when you made it back. Uh, we were outside of Malarkey's, which doesn't exist anymore. It was, yeah. a, it was the great, greatest pool hall of all time. Danny, would you not agree? Totally. Tacoma pool hall of all time. No, it was the greatest pool hall of all time. Trust me, I've been around. Danny, are you there? I agree. Okay. Can you hear me? There's a f- only a few places in Was- yeah. Washington are good, and they're not even that good. I'd say number one in the state is the garage. Malarkey's is the shit. But anyways... I remember seeing you uh, there because we all play pool too, and that's why I'm making a big deal of the pool. But uh, so I'm outside. We're all outside, and you just came back, and we're like, "Whoa, where the fuck have you been?" And you told us this whole story, and uh, I think I don't know if that was before or after I. I think it was before I moved to L.A., but like shortly after that, I moved to L.A. And, um, that was an experience that I'll never forget. Um, because down there at the time, this is like 2012, 2011, 2011. And I'm down there and I'm like, all right, first things first, I'm going to go to a jujitsu gym. I'm going to join. And I ended up going to 10th planet jujitsu headquarters, which is, um, Eddie Bravo, all that, uh, Joe Rogan, all yeah. those guys. You got to watch Joe Rogan get his black belt. Was... <laughs> yeah. I trained, I trained with Rogan and Rousey and a bunch of other people. We were talking about that earlier, but, um, as soon as I got there, I was like, these motherfuckers will know where to get the weed. So I'm like, yo, what's the deal? Oh I said, yeah. I'm like, what's the deal? I said, I said, tell me how to get my medical card. What do I got to tell them? What do I got to do? They're like, go down to Venice beach. They're literally waving people in with like a fucking sign and then just go into one and tell them that you do jujitsu and you get muscle spasms and because of the spasms, you don't sleep well. And since since you're combining symptoms, you will get uh, your card, no problem. So I'm like, all right, that sounds good. And I didn't really know these people that well. But I did know a friend of mine from Washington who moved down and happened to live in Venice Beach. And he was telling me kind of the same thing. He's like, I'll take you to the place that I went to on Venice Beach. And no shit, guys. Fucking, they were like waving them in with like a monkey suit. No shit. Like, I mean, mm-hmm. there, there must have been 10 of them down there that were medical marijuana, like, licensing shops. So you, yep. go, you go in there sit down and you quote unquote go meet with a doctor my doctor was wearing sweatpants a sweatshirt and a trucker hat and he was older than dirt dude he must have been fucking 80 years old and he put his stethoscope on my chest and my back and made me stick my tongue out and put the you know little wooden thing on my tongue and check my tonsils like stupid stupid stuff like, and then he goes, so I understand you're here for a medical marijuana license. Why do you think that? And I said, well, I said, you know, I do jujitsu and I get muscle spasms and I can't really sleep at night because of them. So I figured I'd try some pot. I've been doing, you know, like getting pot, you know, not the legal way. And, you know, I thought I'd just try and get it the legal way. And he goes, well, okay. And literally no objection, nothing. Oh, okay. Well, I'm going to write you a medical marijuana 
recommendation for marijuana. I'm like, okay. So I, that lasted like fucking 10 minutes tops. I, I take that piece of paper he signed up to the front desk. I pay them 120 bucks or so for my quote unquote recommendation, which is on a piece of shit fucking cardboard piece of paper that uh, was had the doctor's signature on it, and they literally laminate it, and they're like, here it is. Yep. I'm like, really? This is it? I mean, it looked like something that was literally printed on a lunch bag fucking quality type well, of paper. it's something you get in high school. You Dude. get your picture ID, your, Dude, your student been, ID. It was so bad. I've been bad. signatures since I was in high school. I could have done this. It I was so it was fucking bad. <laughs> And I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm like, this is it. And they're like, well, if you wanted, there's a, there's a second thing that you can do. If you'd like, you can take this recommendation, go down to LA County and you can get an LA County card, which is really the legit way to do it. However, all of the medical stores in LA will take this card. And I'm like, okay, skeptically thinking what places are going to take this fucking card. And they're like, well, we can't tell you exactly where to go. However, we can tell you what street to drive down. So, like, drive down La Brea in uh, Hollywood, and you'll you'll if you you'll see fucking pot stores. You've got to be a blind man not to see them. They're all medical shops. You can use it at any one of them. So, I literally just pulled in the first one I could find on La Brea, and uh, I walk in, and it's kind of you know how you know, the old medical shops and even some of the recreational shops are set up like this, but they've got like a lobby in the front, bulletproof glass. And you talk to the person and you wait your turn. Well, that's how it was. And I walk in there and, uh, they're like, I said, I heard you can use your debit card and like, well, you can't use your debit card, but you can definitely withdraw cash. And then, you know, so, but right there is a, uh, fucking, cash machine so you can get your cash and and the bud tender was like this 350 pound fucking Samoan guy tattoos on his face and his neck and shit and I'm like this seems so sketch so sketch yeah and I'm like but he was he was nice nice to me but I was scared as fuck because it's like I don't feel like this is like normal I'm like whatever I said I'll get the money and I said if I can get some weed out of this that would be great Meanwhile, my girlfriend's in the car. She weighs like a fucking 110 pounds. I'm like fucking, you know, like I get the weed and I leave and I just kept going to those places because my little stupid cardboard fucking license worked at all of them. And uh, that's what I did. And I remember up here too, it was the same. Uh, I remember bringing my card from California back here and I was like, okay. So if I can get a card in L.A. when I move back to Washington, I remember moving in with Matt and Danny and uh, homeless Matt Sweeney and Diggler. Should I? I'll, I'll be more clear about that. But uh, I move in with those guys and, and I get my I'm like, I want to get my Washington card. So I said, well, why can't my California one transfer up here? You know, so I went around, I went around and I found a place that would do basically the same evaluation you know, cough, cough, <laughs> and then uh, here's your card, and I could go into places. So from there, yeah. there was only like maybe two places that you could get plants from. 
So my sister and I, she got, she did the same cough, cough, ha ha. And so we both had them and we bought plants at this place on Aurora Avenue where the, one of the, I think it was the original have a heart was by the home, mm. Dep- by the home Depot off of 99. We're talking like, yeah. you know, between 125th, and 135th on Aurora. And, uh, there was a place right next door that sold starts and I'm in the start store and they're like, I'm talking to other people that are there, like customers. And they're like, we're from Yakima, that nothing like this in the state exists. I'm like, okay. So we're there and we're talking about strains and this and that. And we ended up buying a bunch of Dutch treat. And we took those plants and we took them down back to my place, Danny and homeless Matt Sweeney's. And uh, we that's how we started the basement. We had six or seven. Six or so eight funny. plants, and uh, that's what we did. And then what happened was the work. Here's here's a problem growing in your basement. Um, if your basement isn't sealed up, it has the potential of flooding, which ours yeah. did. Which ours did, and you were a part we of that. Didn't even get far enough to discover what kind of bugs can crawl in. Yeah, but we ended up moving the crop. <laughs> we moved the crop. Yeah. We, we moved the crop to my sister's place, which was an apartment. And she had an extra bedroom, and we put the entire crop in the her spare bedroom in tents. So we moved them from cross town from Tacoma to Puyallup to try and save the crop because we were about I don't know four months in, and uh, you're like we're not going to give up on this shit. So like we might as well. They started in my closet, by the way, and then we moved them downstairs. Yeah, I remember that before you even moved them down, they were up on top of the stairs. Yeah, and I remember. So then the the basement flooded. And uh, I remember our friend, I don't, Danny, should I say Jay's name online? I don't know yet. No. I don't think so. Anyway, our, fr- our friend Jay came through with a sump pump, no. sump pump to, uh, you know, help with the flood situation. But there was so much water down there. It just wasn't happening. It helped. It did help a little bit, but like it, it causes moisture, which causes mold. And we didn't want right. the plants to get moldy, so um, we ended up moving them to my sister's place in Puyallup, and we literally grew eight plants a pot and trimmed it at my sister's apartment. And, dude, when we were trimming, oh, my God, did it ever smell. I'm like, you guys are going to get fucking kicked out of this place. But we did it, and half the crop ended up getting sold to a medical marijuana shop because you didn't need anything but that card that says that you can grow it uh, to turn around and sell it. Exactly. So that's that's Did my... you sell it to the one up on 112th in Jallet? Something like that, yeah. Yeah, somewhere around there. I don't remember exactly, but yeah, something like that. That's funny. But that's, you know what's funny, Brett? That's my story. I like how you said how... Uh, what it took to get your card. Yeah. Cough, I was cough. in a, remember I had to get my uh, card cause I was in rehab. So I had to do P tests and stuff and I knew I was going to get tests. I was like, if I'm going to rehab, I'm going to be stoned. Yeah. That's the thing. So you know? Danny and I talked on another podcast about getting DUIs. Part of our DUIs, yeah. both, both of us was having to go through alcohol treatment, like a rehab. Danny calls it rehab. Yeah. So, ch- 
but they but, but they, so they test you for everything they test you for pot so like if but if you have a medical marijuana license and you test hot you're for okay. pot, you're fine so my lawyer my lawyer right when i was going to court and stuff and she goes this is what we're gonna have to do and you're gonna have to do a six-month class you're not gonna have to go to jail or anything but a six-month class but you can't smoke pot or drink alcohol and i go well i can i can do the alcohol thing but i ain't gonna do that you know not smoking pot and she goes well you got to get a medical marijuana license so i go okay so i went and i found a guy in gig harbor and i went to him and remember i went to the office took forever to find it because he, he moved his location like three times he had to wave me in and I went in there, but there's this old guy there, but I filled out my paperwork quick before he did, handed it in, so I got to get seen. And then I went into the office, and he goes, oh, okay, so, uh, so anyway, you know, I told him why I was there, and he goes, well, uh, you see this sheet you filled out? And I go, yeah, and he goes, well, there's there's this big box surrounding a whole bunch of little boxes, and you didn't fill out any of those. Like, you didn't check any of them off. And I go, oh, well, I didn't see that. And he goes, well, uh, if, you, if you don't check any of those off, I cannot give you a medical marijuana license. And I go, and he goes, well, I'll name them off to you. And he goes, do you got Crohn's disease? And I'm like, no. Do you have cancer? He's like, do you got cancer? And I'm like, oh, no. And he, and he gets, and I'm like, fuck, I think I'm running out. I'm running out. And he goes, do you got migraines? And I stopped for a second. And I thought, and then I, I go, you know, I used to have migraines all the time, but ever since I've been smoking pot, I don't get them anymore. And he goes, that's what I needed to hear. And he checked it for me, and he prints out my license, gives it to me, and he goes, I'll see you next year. Exactly. Yep. It's totally... Oh, it was, it was, it, it was to... that easy back in the day. I mean, you could just say, yeah, migraines. Like, for me in California, it was combining symptoms, like where I had narcolepsy because narcolepsy I couldn't sleep because of my muscle spasms. You know what I'm saying? You know what's real funny, though? So I've never in my life, well, in my whole life, uh, I've never had a card. Never needed one. Is that crazy? No, because I used to my drug dealer just come to my fucking garage. Yeah, I know. I, I was there a lot. Ha! <laughs> Well, I'm just saying, I'm just saying I, I didn't shop much. I mean, I, I had all the legal stuff, but I just called buddies that were going to come by anyway and just give me something, and I'll see you. We'll watch some South Park. Yeah, that was Alex and my side job for a long time. <laughs> oh, that was, hey, that was some fun times. We had a lot of smoke sessions out of that garage. Oh, my God. I mean, yeah. It's Remember the UFC fights there? Oh, my God, the UFC I mean, fights, that was awesome. I mean, there's a lot of people that didn't have to have cards, right? You know, like, I mean, they had connections. And you were one of those people that had it. You had the dabs way before anybody I knew, and before they were even good in the stores. So that was kind of the thing. Well, like, I, I remember I was selling them to, even when you guys were caddying. I mean, yeah. Danny, how many years have you been caddying? Hey, I had a buddy of mine run out, popped a, a group of my uh, players on hole number 13. Ran down the, I ran up the hill, grabbed a bag of, because they wanted pot. They ran well, down from Danny, somewhere that doesn't smoke pot. What? what year did you start caddying? Oh, 
12 years ago. Okay, yeah. So it was sometime in, in that time frame. You had caddies that you were working with, and I remember I was selling them like all the time, like three grams for a hundred. <laughs> like, oh, dude! Yeah. Oh, yeah. There we had so many. You know what I always thought was funny is when uh, we had that UFC fight at the house, and we had a couple of farmers that grow pot, a couple of uh, sellers, uh, me, you, Alex Hernandez. We're all sitting Joe. in the garage, and then Joe, and then, uh, and then remember Matt's Matt's uh, buddy who uh, was always at the house. We need buddy. Yes, yes, that guy, his buddy that. Uh, oh, he he was he, trying he, to sell. He, he no, he was trying to sell pot. He was trying to sell yeah, pot to everybody in the garage, and we're like, eh. Yeah, and, and he goes, he goes, oh, you guys don't know anything about weed, blah, 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 blah. I've been doing, I've been smoking for 20, blah, blah, blah. And he was talking about all this shit around with her. And Dash is like trading, and then he shows up, and we're like, yeah, we're done. Well, <laughs> Hernandez, Hernandez took a puff of it, and he coughed, and he looks at me, he goes, oh. No, I never smoke anything like that again. You know, I re- and okay. then he's telling all of us all the shit he's got that's good, and we're like, "Hey, shut up! We got farmers, we got growth, we have everybody we here. Got, all of us are potheads. You, you do not know the the you know good pot or bad pot." Our house used so, to be fucking gangster. Our house used to be gangster, except for homeless Matt Sweeney, who's totally homeless right now, and um. Isn't he living in a trailer? He's living in a trailer in front of his parents' house. Current day. Yeah. 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 Anyway. Those extensions out into the road. Yeah. It's not about Matt right now. (laughs) The shooter's full. It's not It's not about... (laughs) Oh, no, you haven't heard... Hold hold on real quick, Brett, before you go any further. We don't got much time left, so let's not make this about Matt. So what I'm trying to say is... Go for it, go for it. Listen, um, I think that we took all these experiences rolling through from childhood to taking crazy experiences in the fucking Massachusetts and Los Angeles and shit like that. We ended up coming back here and Muncie and I ended up working at the pot factory and we kind of like, you know, like, listen, you know, a lot. Uh, I know a little. And at the time I was learning a lot and we tried to turn this shit into a legit profession. And, we did for a minute. I mean, Muncie, you've got far more of a varied experience than I do. I only worked there. I never worked at a pot uh, retailer. I never worked at a grower, but we worked at the pot factory, the candy shop. Uh, the, I don't know. Should we name the name Evergreen Herbal? Yeah, I mean, Herbal. I could probably get, I, special, but I could probably get Marco on this podcast. No problem. Once we get enough of them going. Yeah, I mean, we could get some people from different farms and companies to come on and kind of give their, uh, we could hear their stories, you know, I mean, about we, how they got into the business. I mean, we were going to do the pot podcast a long time ago, and I went through a financial time where I just couldn't keep the domains that I had on my roster anymore, because I had to pay for them every year, and I let the most yeah. one of the most important ones go. Pot podcast. Which one? Potpodcast.com. Well, we'll come up with something. It's still out there if you want to pay like fucking two grand for it, but I'm not going to pay two grand for something that I 
used to own. Sorry. Yeah. Let someone else come with the pot, pot, podcast. That guy's just going to keep paying fucking the renewal. Anyway, my point is, is that uh, you and I worked at Evergreen Herbal, and then you went on to um, Clear Choice, which was like by far, if not one of the top in the state, it was definitely the dominant one in Tacoma. And you went on. Oh yeah, and you went on to other there, places, I mean. and then you went on to a couple other places. Yeah. Yeah, I've never left the industry for long. You know, I mean, the longest I've left the industry since then was uh, uh, this winter. I mean, it's, <laughs> you know, cra- it's, it's crazy. So, and you're back in it. And you know what? Honestly, I think yeah. where you're at doing the farming thing, that's probably the chillest of the chillest. You know what I'm saying? More oh, so yeah. than what it, you it, and I used to do, more so than being a retailer. Yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty cake. It's a lot like what we used to do, except instead of laying out wax or working on working in the oven room or you know making candies, it's it's uh, it's just taking care of plants. But, I mean, we've told a lot of stories tonight, and we've got a little bit of time left. I just want to kind of wrap it up, you know, with um, what you think is the pot industry worth it? Is it going? Where's it going? You know, I mean, is it going to be in a retail store near you soon? I mean, listen. I mean, here's the thing. Real quick, real quick. It will be. Real quick, real quick, before you go into what your thought. This podcast is getting listens in Canada, believe it or not. Um, On uh, SoundCloud, we, we can tell what town people are listening in. So Canada okay. is fully legal. Yeah. I got a story. Well, here, here's the thing. So Canada too. I just wanted to point this out. You know, you can buy, you've got to go to a liquor store to get liquor. But nowadays you can buy it in a grocery store. Um, I think that cannabis products will be sold like cigarettes soon. However, I think that craft cannabis products are going to be like craft liquor. Um, you can't go into Walmart and buy your favorite brand of vodka that nobody's ever heard of. You can go to a liquor store and find the brand of vodka nobody's ever heard of. So I think cannabis is headed in a very similar direction. And in a short answer, is it worth it? I would say not without a lot of capital and a lot of love. Yeah, you got to have some money in this business. So with that, if you guys want to get in the pot industry... Better have some money, better have some balls, and listen to listen to us, motherfuckers. You better have some love for the product because you're going to spend a lot of time not making a lot of money. Touche. So that concludes. All I know is I got five on it. Danny's got five on it, and that concludes the pot episode of whatever the name of this podcast is. So we love y'all. I've got five on it. It's the name of the podcast. We'll talk to y'all later. Peace. 